This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So I was mentioning off the top of the show, we have another entrant into the race to replace Rachel Notley. It, it won't be until June. We've got a few months yet before the uh, the new leader of the Alberta NDP is named, but we've now got three entrants. Kathleen Ganley was first out of the gate last week. Uh, we spoke to her on the show. Uh, next up was uh, Rocky Pancholi, uh, an MLA from Calgary. Uh, she spoke with a number of our different hosts on the radio station. We've uh, played some of her comments. And then this weekend, um, another entrant, Sarah Hoffman, who is no stranger to the Alberta political scene. She, of course, was Deputy Premier and Health Minister in Rachel Notley's government going back to 2015. Um, has been elected twice now um, for Edmonton Glenora. First elected in 2015 as part of the Orange Crush. And as I say, she was Deputy Premier in Rachel Notley's government. So she announced her leadership intentions yesterday, and she's found some time to join us this morning. Um, Ms. Hoffman, thanks so much for joining us. I really do appreciate your time. I'm glad to be on, Shay. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, let's just start with the big, broad question, the elevator pitch, if you will. What do you have to do to convince the NDP membership that you're the right person for the job? Some big shoes to fill. How do you go about what's the campaign? What's your plan? Uh, to work incredibly hard and be true to our values. NDP values, I think, are needed to make sure we address uh, particularly three big issues right now. Uh, health, uh, ensuring we have strong public health care, uh, making sure we spot, respond to the climate crisis, as well as the housing crisis that we're facing, acro- facing across Alberta. Health and housing. Uh, we'll get to the climate piece in just a second. First of all, health, I think, is pressing for so many people. And I, I know me, you know, me personally and people that I talk to, I can't find a doctor. I've got huge waiting lists to get in to see a doctor. What do we do? Because I, I, I know we always talk about, well, we're going to do this and it'll get better. I think people are saying, what, what are you going to do now? Like, we've got to fix this now. What do you do? Absolutely. And I was very proud to be Alberta's first NDP health minister. And I uh, think that, number one, we had great relationships with healthcare providers. The UCP has been attacking them for the last five years, and I want to be focused on restoring uh, respect and sitting down at the table. We got collective agreements with doctors that meant every major jurisdiction when I was a health minister in Alberta, you could get a family doctor. That shouldn't be a huge uh, thing to overcome uh, if we get back to the table. The UCP, of course, tore up those collective agreements that we had reached, so we need to get back to the table and show that respect and trust uh, because it shouldn't matter where you live in Alberta. You should be able to access a family doctor. But the agreements are back in place. They've re- you know, they've come to new agreements, and is it fair to completely lump this at the foot of the UCP? Not to say there's not reason for criticism, but every single province in the country is dealing with this here. I mean, it's not just Alberta. It's, it's not unique to us because of something that Daniel Smith and her government are doing. Uh, I think that they have absolutely undermined public health care over the last five years. I think that they don't want it to be successful. Uh, the NDP is the party that brought uh, public health care to Canada, and I think uh, when I was a minister, I was able to demonstrate that that was something that we cared deeply about. We expanded things like the new Misericordia Emergency Department that's open now, the Calgary Cancer Center. Uh, we actually invested in public health care, and doctors were excited to move here and be a part of that project instead of undermining it and uh being disrespectful to all healthcare workers. It's so hard to attract people, particularly 
in rural Alberta, but they're, like you said, even in Edmonton, people are really struggling to find a family doctor right now. Oh, definitely. No question about it. Housing crisis. The other one that you mentioned, and of course, we know a lot of people are dealing with that. You know, the, the Alberta advantage is disappearing. The cost of living in Calgary and Edmonton overall is right up there with Vancouver and Toronto. Not real estate prices, but you know, everything that goes into making a living. Um, how do you fix that housing crisis? We know that rents are going up at an alarming rate in both of our big yeah. cities. What's going on and how do you solve that problem? Fastest anywhere in Canada. So I think, number one, you have to look at what's happening in other jurisdictions. And everywhere else has at least a temporary rent cap to uh, respond to the urgent crisis. Every other major jurisdiction. Uh, Albertans deserve the same kind of uh, response, something that's serious. And during the time that that temporary cap's in place, we need to be working aggressively to build more housing stock to make sure that we have enough supply and that we keep it affordable. So uh, I'll be announcing my policy chairs for each of the three pillars, health, climate, and housing, in the coming weeks. And we'll have a lot of exciting uh, things to say. But uh, these are things that we need NDP values guiding these decisions. We can't just leave this up to the free market. It's failed Albertans. And it doesn't matter you know, if you're living in rural Alberta and you can't afford to get your first home and move out on your own. If you're living in Calgary or Edmonton and your rent's going up, hundreds of dollars uh, every year. Uh, we need a government that's going to take urgent action to bring more stock on supply and make sure that we keep it affordable. So more government involvement. You think government needs to step in? That Government has to fix this. You think the free market has failed us? I do. I think that we need to make sure that we apply those principles of having each other's backs, making things affordable uh, when it comes to uh, health care, housing, and climate. The third piece, climate, as you mentioned. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, just like Rocky Pancholi, and I, I was surprised when she said it, and I was surprised when you said it, no need, well, actually not a need, we, we can't have a consumer carbon tax anymore. You actually said the carbon tax is dead. Um, I think that'll surprise a lot of people. Why? What happened? How did the carbon tax die? So I think the industrial side of it has been fine. I think it's withstood the test of time. I think there's generally broad consensus that it's working and that we might even need to go further on it. Uh, but when it comes to the consumer-based uh, carbon tax, it's become a federal tax. Justin Trudeau took it over and then he looked at his polling and saw that seats in eastern Canada where they currently have MPs we're going to lose. And he picked winners and losers. He exempted the main forms of uh, you know, carbon emissions along the East Coast for heating from the federal carbon tax. Uh, so you know, when you undermine your own program, uh, you uh, put doubt in everybody's minds. And, and I will tell you, I've door knocked in all parts of this province and people care deeply about climate change, but uh, he has absolutely undermined that specific model. He's broken it. And uh, I don't think that uh, the public is behind it. And uh, I think that we need tools that the public will support because I think uh, climate is in a state of crisis, and we need to make sure that we take that seriously. You were deputy premier in the government that introduced the carbon tax in Alberta before Trudeau did. I mean, of course, he was going to if we didn't, but I mean, you did it without Trudeau back in 2015. Why do you need Trudeau now? Who cares what Trudeau did out in the East? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. 
Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, we had uh, a climate leadership plan that had many pieces to it. So the methane reductions, absolutely successful. Danielle Smith's traveling the world trying to take credit for them now. We phased out coal-powered electricity, absolutely successful. Uh, again, uh, nobody's uh, suggesting that we go backwards on that. We uh, brought investment in renewables right across this province and created tons of jobs. So there are many pieces within that climate leadership plan that have stood the test of time and that have been incredibly successful. The consumer-based carbon tax, which, uh, you know, the federal government took over and made a federal tax, has not worked. They broke it, and uh, we need to make sure that we have serious tools uh, to make sure that we can combat climate change and take uh, carbon out of the atmosphere. I'm trying to nail down when, when, when the sentiment changed, because you say it was when Trudeau did that, but I mean, as you know, the UCP government brought forward a motion back in November saying, you know what, Trudeau's ruined the carbon tax, let's get rid of it. You were one of the MPs or MLAs in, uh, from that party that said no, and, and didn't support the UCP motion to come out and condemn the tax. Um, and, and now, two months later, you are. So when did it change for you? When did you decide to abandon a carbon tax and say that, you know, it's just uh, the, the waters are so fouled up, we can't do this anymore? You know, we absolutely need public support to act on climate change. And we can't pretend that um, the um, that the uh, strategies that Justin Trudeau has been um, bringing into place are effective because they're not. So there is an urgent need to act on this. We're in February and we're facing catastrophic drought for the upcoming year. We had more Albertans, more Canadians on evacuation notice last year than ever before because of the wildfire season. Uh, we need some urgent action as we head into this upcoming wildfire season and we need public support to do that. Um, you mentioned in an interview with Canadian Press that you thought maybe not engaging with Albertans enough on climate change during the last campaign actually hurt you because you think that Albertans, and I agree with you, overall Albertans are interested in this and, and want to see some work done. Um, so if you're going to move away from a carbon tax, what do you do? How do you manage to convince people that you're still engaged and it's still something that you feel important is important when uh, you're sort of, I guess some people might say, undermining some of the policies that you brought in to handle it seven years ago or eight years ago? So we'll be announcing the policy chairs for those three pillar areas in the in the coming weeks, and um, I absolutely want them to roll up their sleeves. And, and I will say one foundational principle for me is the polluter pay principle. So if uh, we know that large, highly profitable corporations are able to pull carbon out of the earth, we know that they can pull it out of the atmospheres too. And uh, we're going to make sure that we uh, put forward a suite, uh, a suite of policies that demonstrate that and make sure that we take serious action to address climate change. I think one of the biggest issues you'll have to overcome are whoever. Whoever wins the leadership of the NDP has to overcome, of course, is Calgary. You've got to get over the hump in Calgary. Came close last time, didn't make it, but virtually shut out when you get outside of Edmonton and Calgary. One seat in Banff, which I guess you could call rural. One seat in Lethbridge, which I don't think is all that rural. What do you need to do to change your party's fortunes in rural Alberta where you just don't resonate at all? I grew up in Caniso, a very small, it's a hamlet, in fact, in northern Alberta. A couple hundred people live there just uh, south of the Lesser Slave Lake. And I will say that the values I grew up with, um, showing uh, showing up for your neighbors, helping each other, those are NDP values. And I think that what we learned in Calgary when we won the popular vote and the majority of seats in the last election is that when you show up, people uh, want to run for you. They get connected, they get excited, and they will vote for you. And it's time that we show up for rural Alberta. It's not okay with me that Canuso has a UCP MLA.
Um, what went wrong last time? What do you change? Where where did it all come apart for you in the last election campaign? Because a lot of people say, you know, I mean, the leader that you were up against, Daniel Smith, of course, people in her own party had just a few months before been tearing her apart as dangerous and unhinged. And if you were going to win, a lot of people thought that was the election to win. You didn't uh, improve your lot a bit, but still came up short. What went wrong? What would you do differently next time? You know, we were fewer than 1,500 votes away from winning. And when I think about, I definitely knocked way more doors than that uh, in Calgary alone. And when I think about it uh, on the policy areas that people brought up on their doorsteps, we were door knocking in May in the middle of a wildfire season, and we weren't talking about climate. Uh, people were struggling to find a family doctor, and they wanted to know specific details about the health care strategy. And people uh, were struggling with an affordability crisis, and the biggest pressure on their cost of living is keeping a roof over their head. So I think uh, if we're really focused on talking about health, climate, and housing, we'll find uh, way more than 1,500 votes uh, in the next election. We'll form the next government in 2027. What are promising to raise the corporate tax? A lot of people say that was an un- Forced area didn't have to do that, and it really hurt you in Calgary. Do you agree? Was that a mistake? You know, people hardly ever brought it up. Uh, what do what people do bring up is that they want people to pay their fair share, and that means that when highly profitable corporations like Loblaws are making record profits, and the people who work for them at Superstore can't afford to buy the groceries that they're selling, there's a real problem. So, you know, I stand uh, with uh, making sure that corporations pay their fair share. And, um, you know, we're, we were proposing still the lowest corporate taxes anywhere in the country, but uh, we it's important that we make sure that corporations do pay their fair share. So I stand by uh, that principle and making sure that we have fair taxation for wealthy, uh, highly profitable corporations. Sarah Hoffman, thank you so much for your time today. I noticed on Twitter you wanted to talk about Taylor Swift. What do you? What, what did you have on your mind? Did you watch the game last night? I did watch the game. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, I was uh, at the Palomino downtown Calgary, and every time she came on the, on the screen, uh, everyone gave a big cheer, and I was definitely rocking my uh, red Taylor lipstick to uh, uh, join in the festivities. But no, it was it was a fun game. It, it was. was a halftime show. Uh, I, I know you probably didn't love it. I, I think I read that, but uh, you know, okay, you're I, uh, you're about ten years younger than me, so I think you're more in the wheelhouse. Did you like it? I love Alicia Keys, and I think she okay. crushed the halftime show, and it was uh, really fun to see her out there. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Hoffman, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you being here.